other characters look forward to seeing some of your NPCs again? Strap in, because today we discuss how to fill your world with cute and lovable NPCs that your players just will want to see again. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, and the best, with the most, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. Co-host, Brandon. I'm your guest, Garvin. Garwin is our platinum patron. Thank you so much for joining us. You actually picked today's topic now, didn't you? Platinum. Yes, if I remember right, at least. (laughs) Which I never do. (laughs) So, I'm really excited. (laughs) Today, we hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure, as always. We're full of fat loots and information and all that jazz. So <laughs> let's DMs. delve into it. First of all, thanks again for uh-huh. joining us, Garwin. We love having you on. Your continued support. No problem. I always love discussing the number one target for danger. The number one target for danger. That's glorious, and I didn't think about it that way. So how about we get right into it? So I have a few outlines on here from my Google Foo um, and uh, things that I kind of elaborated Look. on, but... Uh, We'll leave this as an open forum. If you're watching this uh, live, um, please uh, comment uh, your kind of favorite tips and tricks for making your players fall in love with characters uh, to be apparent targets. (laughs) Not going to lie, when I saw this uh, when Animal Crossing and uh, Doom came out at the same time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the memes that came out. (laughs) Rip. Uh, and tear? Like, there's something to be said about Annabelle being uh. Doom in that situation. So, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is um, build connections in a natural way. Before we get into this, Garwin, what does that mean to you? Well, effectively, that means I throw random shit at the wall, ho- wait for my characters to eventually get attracted to some of them, and then focus headlong along that character, introduce them. Now, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, I try to think of it. I try to think of what my what my players would what would catch their attention. Try to make a character somewhat around that, and try and like not put them right in their fucking path if I can help it. <laughs> Usually, I have them like as a background character somewhere that that describes them in a way that might be would drag their attention right to there. My players have a tendency to go like, ah, right, so what's the plot? Oh, that's great. Now, what's this character? Uh... <laughs> It is always fun. So yeah, I try to do it that way, and then through that kind of interaction, like by basically not throwing them right in the face, but just having it be okay. They're interacting with them. That means they're pushing the initiative, so they are more invested in it instead of instead of it having be. Here's this character. Be invested now. Right. Right. For sure. Gotta love his I mean, you can't make players like a character. <laughs> you want to bet? <laughs> I know, but there's been some times where I've seen uh, DMs try to say, here's a character, like this guy. And we're like, we hate this guy. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. what do we mean through built through connections? Um, the greatest and most well-known example is what? An innkeeper or a barkeep, right? Um, this is a very natural thing because 
the tavern is a place where play, people go to congregate, and that's where information is passed. So um, that's one of the more natural examples, as it's part of the uh, a critical part of the world or scene or scenario that they're running, right? Um, if each time the characters came to an end and the innkeeper offered them a free meal in exchange for them, like telling a story or a poem or something. Or not wrecking the tavern. Or not. They, I, that doesn't happen in my games as often as it used to. You guys look like trouble. Here's a free meal. If you keep it down. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, that's a really good example. Let's, let's continue with that. So I expected a lot more of that kind of issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Haven't had one in my game so far. They really love the Green Dragon's pits for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the goal is to make them memorable in a way that the characters notice when something doesn't happen. So um, with the story, for instance, hey, this guy used to be an ex-adventurer and he wants just somebody to listen to their stories, right? So after every time they finish a quest and they come back and he says, hey, a free meal if you listen to my story... And then one time they come in, and he doesn't make that offer, what do you think is going to happen? Characters ask why. Probably. Hey, don't you got any more stories for us? He just stares at them. (laughs) They definitely are. Now, one thing you do got to be careful of is not to trigger that too early. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, if you've only done it once or twice, and then suddenly you don't, players aren't going to think about it. It's the long game, right? Yep. Because you're building up that. But those stories are also building up the the character's understanding of that NPC, right? So if these stories... Let's say the person used to be a cleric, but they lost their faith, so their power was stripped away because they couldn't save somebody. But if they're just telling adventure after adventure that culminates in that story, how this cleric used to heal people but had to retire because he failed and decided that his deity wasn't worth worshiping. That's going to build a connection in a natural way over time. Or maybe he's getting to that point in his stories where he's telling his stories in order. He's getting to that point to where he messed up and he doesn't want to tell that part. So he's just kind of like, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and hide in the back now. Yep. And maybe that, that, uh, aspect of the innkeeper not being able to tell a story for a particular maybe it's a particular day the players come in right the characters come in and he says i don't want to talk about it because that's the day that he failed somebody (laughs) do you know what i mean so then if the characters take interest if the players take interest they're going to ask questions and that's when you can spring them on spring it on them another thing you can go about too the is maybe that bartender's having some sort of issues that He's fixated on, so the player has to go solve it, so he'll open up, or for him to reward you guys. I'm just saying that's an A idea. That's a good one. And then also for the, let's say for the characters that you as a DM you build, but you don't want them to speak a lot. Like let's say they're quiet people, or something happened in their past, so they can't really talk for some reason. <clears throat> you can draw attention to them in scenes, like let's say it's a bartender. Let's just Call him Mike for some reason. Or Mac. That's all I call him. My favorite guy. <laughs> like, he really doesn't talk. Man of few words. Let's say he has a past that, you know, doesn't want to talk about a lot of things. All right? 
just every time they enter the tavern, always describe Mac at the bar doing something specific. Whether it's like maybe always the same thing or every different thing now and again, but he's always at the at the bar, and he nods and has conversation here and there, you know, like one word things. Another way is also to have his wait staff talk about him to the players now and again. That is a good way to draw attention to him. And then like one day, suddenly, he's not at the bar. Where's Mike? Where's Mac? What happened? Well, they already know the waitstaff know a lot about him. Maybe they'll ask. Maybe they'll find out more. Or maybe they won't. Maybe Mac just was sick. Or, who knows, maybe his past got up to him. <laughs> yeah, Mac and Justin Files. He has history. But you don't know where it is. Oh, I'm so glad someone finally caught that. None of my players have caught on to and that. And he's probably not human. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. You got anything to add, Brandon, before we move One on One of my players one? might yeah. be watching today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, it's worth noting that this isn't uh, uh, cut in stone. There are many different ways to do it. These are just some uh, details we came up with. And the next one is, I think, one of the easiest ways. Um, but you really have to be uh, pick a character that's really curious and enthusiastic for this to work. But have an NPC take an interest in a feature or a detail about the character themselves. And I'm not just talking a young little you know, child coming up. Oh, you're adventurers. I want to be one when I grow up. I'm talking a very specific thing, right? Maybe you're... you're player wrote down that they are a paladin of a specific order so maybe somebody loves the emblem right and wants to know more and looks to want to be part of that that order or knighthood or whatever it is or perhaps one of your characters had a tassel on the end of their blade right that hangs Somebody takes interest in it and says, what does that mean? Can you tell me the story about it? I could easily see this being built off of if a player is playing an exotic race that's not common in the area, so they stand out in that regard. Mm-hmm. It's a good oh, one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, oh, man, you're a tabaxi. Is it true that you love this catnip? Like, I heard it's like an uh, addiction to you. You know, nah. I mean, that's an obvious more yeah. of a negative light, I like, guess. But Nothing gets a player invested than being able to talk about their character. Especially if they're the type to really go in-depth. And even if you then look at the character sheet and there's like nothing there, really, you'd be surprised how invested players get in making up crap for their characters on the spot. And then think about it later, and then go, okay, okay, I want this to be a thing with this character. It is hilarious. Yeah. So what's his name? Now, I'm not, I'm not too intrigued about having a child come up to my place and go, I want to be just like you, considering my campaign is called Gamblers and Debtors. <laughs> They're not good no. people. <laughs> but the bard of the group has unofficially adopted a child in the campaign that the plot is really revolving around. <laughs> and, uh, well... Uh, Bramor, if you're watching, I hope you don't die due to this. <laughs> uh, someone on TikTok said that you look like him. Um, Sam Regal. Sam Regal. About a thousand voice. people told me I look like Sam Regal. Voice actor who's doing a not. I think that's it. In a critical role. Uh, he has a 
portion in the role play where he completely just made something about his character just right off the top of his head. And then everyone rolled with it, and that became a, a thing. And and that's the way <laughs> some of those things start, but um, you want to take the details the players have put into their story and use it. So a really good example, and shame on me because I missed out on this opportunity, when Brandon was playing in our game with Garwin, he had a very unique weapon, right? Oh yeah. Um, it was like a ice it's gun. It's still my favorite spells, interpretation did, of that thing so far. And that should have been an opportunity. Yeah. For me to say, oh my god, I can use this. Have an NPC start inquiring about it. How would that have made you feel? Yeah. Uh, pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. See, and I didn't think <laughs> about that at the time. Mostly That's because I focus more on yeah, Garland's like, character. It was also a failure on my part because I hadn't yet grown comfortable with my character. I hadn't built him up yet, nor did I really know people in this group. It was a real missed opportunity for me to actually ask about what the fuck that thing was. Because <laughs> now, at the stage we are now, it is absolutely something worse people would have asked about. And it could have been real cool stuff. Yeah. To bring it back around, the NPC should should latch on to something about the characters. Uh, no matter what it is, whether it's a something about the, if they're a sailor background, maybe they always carry fishing hooks or something, and um, maybe they're a, a, um, a brooding rogue, but one of their habits is moving coins between their knuckles. You know, take interest in those. Have the NPCs take interest and get give special attention and rant and excessive excitement about this little detail that the player had included in their character. Because that's going to make that player love that character because they're giving so much attention. As well as loving you as the DM for even paying attention to it, right? We're talking about NPCs, but it really comes down to you as the, the dungeon master, right? One of my NPCs were like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Like, they come out. If you don't say the NPCs do something, the players aren't going to realize they're doing something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all of my players, they, they hide their uh, magic items so no one can see them. Except for one. He's got like 16 magic items because he hoards them. Everyone sells their stuff, and he doesn't. He's like, no, I'm not selling this. So he's got a bunch of shit. Well, he ended up meeting a uh, a blacksmith who only makes magic items, and mm-hmm. that's what attracted them to him because he shows off all the stuff. It's like, wow, you got a lot of really cool stuff. There's a lot of arcane energy coming off you. Can I see that for a second? <laughs> the next thing I want to kind of talk about is riding gimmick train because um, gimmicks – are tropes and exist for a reason, right? Yeah. So a really great one is cleric and paladins. They're meant to be these holy knights and and uh, you know uh, charismatic charismatic people of honor, and they're supposed to represent the ideal hero, right? Have the NPCs react when the players are playing those roles, right? Put them on the spotlight for what that expectation is in this case the expectation might be oh clerics are wholly devout so have everyone in the town beg them to bless their child to to heal every little (laughs) nick and scratch because this is what they're known for right so they should be able to do it make it become almost a nuisance right you want to really ride that 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 gimmick to till if the horse is dead at this point um that's just one example uh what do you think, Arwen? Do you have another example? 
Well, you know the gimmick of the blacksmith that is a perfectionist. I have one like that in my game called Kaktuk. It He's a Thrykreen who runs black iron blades. Thanks to the, his 11 secret smithing techniques, all his all his metallurgy comes out black. And every single piece is always a masterwork without fail. And he refuses to sell anything he makes that isn't hmm. one. Which means all the prices are increased by 500 gold. <laughs> and every single item he makes, even if it's just a horseshoe. Who <laughs> would just make me those? But he has another gift. <laughs> Yeah, but he does have another gimmick on him, which I added, which is that if he ever makes armor, you like mastercraft armor only gets a plus one, but his armors, he, their base are always one higher on top of the plus one of the mastercraft, which really drew my characters to him. But every time they return and one of his armors come in and they're damaged, he gets so outraged he refuses to let them leave until he repairs it, and then they pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing I'm talking about the gimmick is some of the more traditional stories, right? Uh, a, a young child losing their kitten, right, is a good example of a, a pretty pretty tried and true gimmick, right? The hero swoops in, gets the cat out of the tree, right? Um, maybe this character, this young NPC young child comes looking for their uh, cute new kitty, Moxie, right? And can't find anybody to help so she they excuse me mister can can you help me find my kitty um and of course the player characters go on their adventure they find the kitty high up in the this giant redwood tree and when they pull it down not only does it have six legs but it has two whipping tendrils hanging from its back (laughs) it's a fucking displacer it's a displacer beast but it's an infant right yeah. So they're they've got an option. This is technically a monster uh that this kid is playing with and they're they were there to rescue it, but do they just like rescue it and they're like, "Oh, let's get out of here before it eats him." Right? I mean, as long as he raises it, okay. That may not be a problem. Might. <laughs> uh Kill it with fire. Find a black uh... kitten, some cardboard and make some extra feet and tentacles and tape it to it. And just swap them? Yes. <laughs> You're not going to feel bad about stealing and taking a young kitten from a, a, a young child? That's pretty douchey. Well, it depends on your alignment, doesn't it? Uh, I guess. Going right off that little topic, like, I love the displacer beast idea. Like, my players, for example, they wouldn't bat an eye. They'd be, it's adorable. I love it. Let's take it. Let's keep it. For example, I introduced a troglodyte that had been living in the manor they just found, never been outside, never interacted with anyone of their tribe. It has, it is an animal by nature. It's basically feral. It doesn't have the intelligence to do shit. Oh yeah, it is absolutely beautiful. And Bramor, he just went around all of us. I'm a named Goji. It's my pet now. I'm a trainer to be a guard. It is adorable. So I kept describing how it's like, it is always hanging with an Aradia, the girl Bramor adopted. It is so beautiful all the time. Like, it climbs along the walls and ceilings, and Aradia is hanging on it. Every time I need her to enter a scene, I just describe that happening, and they all just love it. It is so much fucking fun. The newest interactive theatrical adventure experience is here, you guys. The 20-Sided Tavern. 
inspired by dungeons, dragons, and so much more. It's a unique journey that's never the same twice. This is because they have a unique audience participation and interaction. Through the use of your phone, during the show, you can make choices, compete in games, solve riddles and puzzles, and help determine the outcome. This means that it's different ending every time. I just finished watching this and I have to say I was super impressed. It's going to be something that every role player is going to want to see. Make sure to check out the 20-sided tavern. Grab your adventuring party and check out the 20-sided tavern. Now playing through January 15th at Broadway Playhouse. Visit broadwayinchicago.com and get your tickets today. The last big thing I want to talk about is... Uh, Pull potential NPCs from characters' backstories. We've talked about this in the past, right? Players yeah. will develop attachments in their their stories. Holy shit. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, much like the finer details concept we kind of touched about, um, backstories are rife with NPC opportunities. And yep. they may not even detail and flesh out the NPCs, right? A good example would be somebody that's a battle master fighter, right? They, how did they learn that? They might talk about a mentor, but not go into any more detail than that. So introducing them into a uh, NPC that it was the mentor, uh, maybe they're just maybe they get an, uh, um, uh, a letter or something that their mentor is dying, right? Yeah. And then you build that kind of connection through a story that they've kind of already written and connected to. Um, yeah, it's like that letter was dated uh, a year ago. Oh no! <laughs> I got better for a day or two. He's like, yeah, he's like, he thinks he's gonna die, and then get till they come there. I was like, that was a year ago. Sorry, buddy. Uh, what do you think, Garwin? Oh, I definitely love the idea. Like, I'm playing in a game right now where the DM asked me a lot of questions about my backstory, more than I'm kind of used to. Like, usually I leave my backstory as quite vague because. I I have a difficulty remembering specific things from backstory, so I like to leave it vague and flesh it out over the course of the campaign. That way, I remember it better. But this one asked me quite a lot of details about it. Like I had to come up like in a year with I had to come up with my well, the first I I came up myself was my wife and my kids, but then they asked me about my about my my parents, the the instruct fencing instructor I had. The, uh, the one who's my nanny, effectively, my rival, my best friend, and all those kind of shit. And that's like stuff I never thought about. So I, I got to think about real fun coming up with them. But at the same time, if I'm going to have to go back now to where I wrote that, copy it over to another area so I can actually remember who the fuck these people are. Yeah. <laughs> it's been way too long. And this is Mervain. If you're going to introduce an NPC that's tied to the player's pass, work with the player first. Of course. Because I've lost count how many times where a DM would introduce a character from my past, and I'd be like, who is this guy? Yeah, if you don't give him oh, a yeah. heads up and talk to him about it ahead of time, yeah, that can be a a, a shocking moment. Like, I know you said this example before, but there was one session that ended with like, and your brother is here! Me. I I have a brother. You do now? <laughs> I had and, one like that. And, and sometimes... Ruined. But sometimes that can work, too, because <laughs> there is long-lost twins, right? That's sort of a thing and a trope. Yeah. Right, but it can be pretty awkward sometimes, is the point I'm trying to make. Well, yeah, but and I but I do think there is a, a place for some of that stuff, if you're careful with it. Make sure you know your player, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. 
Like, there are a lot of players out there where you will have to give them a forewarning that you're going to draw something from the backstory. And, like, you don't necessarily have to say who you're coming back, who you're saying might be appearing, but just give them a hint that someone from their story might be appearing. But that can also be bad, because if you're going to draw, like, their best friend or their, like, an a or their rival or their sixth grade cousin or <laughs> something, then you draw those and if they expect something else, it's just, what? Yeah. <laughs> they have no clue who they are. It's just really loving it. I've had uh, two where in my campaign now, as, as I've told you before, they get thrown into the future or whatever. Well, before that happened, uh, one of them became buddy-buddy with this uh, uh, tiefling paladin, and he started liking her. And then they got thrown in the future. It turns out that uh, their history together, like the last 15 years before they were thrown ahead in time. Hot tub tiefling machine, apparently. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> 15 years of his memory was had been wiped. He ended up actually getting married to them. So when he gets to the future, uh, she figured out a way through alchemy to prolong her life. And they met. And he's like, hey, by the way, we're married. He's like, what? <laughs> and he loved that. So that worked out mm-hmm. well. It's a balance, but I think that mm-hmm. the players give us all that we need to make the stories great, in, including the NPCs, right? Whether it's yeah, a mentor, do. a family member, an employer. Mentor, family member, ooh, employer. Uh, someone they're after. Like, one of my players has a background where uh, her sister was put in jail for something that someone else did. So they're chasing down someone else so that they can put them in jail and get her out. Well, I've played with this background for three months, and she finally caught her. The issue with this is that one character completely destroyed that with one natural one, and pretty much ended the campaign, so I had to figure out a way to weave some new stuff in there. Cool. Yeah, yeah now there's like, oh, we need to go break up my sister out of jail because my fucking alibi just got blown to shit. Well, and I, I like things like that. A, a good example is... Um... By building uh, small little moments with a like a villain you're chasing down, uh, by putting them in situations, you might learn that the reason they're a villain is not by choice, it's by circumstance. A good example of this is Zuko in The Last Airbender. Um, yep. He seems to be okay. this evil tyrant dick, but... It turns out that through these, in, yeah, right. <laughs> Throughout these little snippets of situations where the the characters are stuck with him for a short period of time, it starts to kind of unravel that he's a, a a victim more than anything, which is why he starts changing, right? Um, because he realizes that he's just trying to please somebody that really isn't good and doesn't care, you know. And so you can do that with your NPCs even if they are the villain. Um, another good example, and I know everyone's going to laugh at me because they always laugh, um, in the Batman and Robin flick, Mr. Freeze. He's always my favorite because he's a relatable villain. The only reason he steals is because medicine is so damn expensive, he doesn't have the funding to save his wife, who he's cryogenically frozen. Yep. And that Yeah, like, Mr. Freeze is one of the few characters Batman could, st- could just go, ah, I'm going to give you funding. And he just stopped being a criminal. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Even at the beginning of that flick. In theory, yeah. Batman has that super credit card thing to pay the bills. And and then him and Robin are trying to get a date with uh, Poison Ivy. And he's like, you can't outbeat me. I'll borrow money from you. <laughs> but that's a good point. Anyways. <laughs> uh, 
Now, you do gotta be careful about the Anaya Hall, and I'm gonna make a sympathetic villain thing, because if you... Some people, they l like a good old-fashioned bastard. You do need those occasionally, yeah. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes, like, yes, you don't have to make him like, I'm gonna go and skin this puppy alive in front of you, kind of evil. Just make him an arrogant, self-righteous bastard who is full of himself so completely... But he's charismatic, so the players usually end up loving him and love interacting with him. But they also hate his guts, but they love hating him. Yeah, right, my guys. It's like a that. real hard balance to find, though. It is. I want to say that uh, if you've created a fun, cute, and lovable NPC, um, whether it's a monster or or an NPC that the characters can relate to. Please let us know, comment on the video, help drive the algorithm to have more people see it, all that jazz. Um, and I think that'll do it for our show today. If, with the holidays coming up, we know that shopping is a pain in the ass, right? <laughs> Nothing worse than going from store to store to store trying to find the perfect gift. Well, technology has made it so people can get their own shit. So, did you know you can head on over to CritAcademy.com, get a <laughs> gift card? <gasps> for your favorite dungeon master, your favorite players, so they can pick up some of our best-selling supplements, whether it's player options, adventure books, monster books, whatever it is, we got it all. The holiday coming up, you don't want to miss out with giving our Crit Nation fat loots, right? Though, we were talking about <laughs> earlier playing around with the idea of Critiots. Critiots. Uh, I think that's awesome. Critiots. Uh, <laughs> more to come, I guess. Ah, <laughs> uh, beautiful. That'll do it for our show today. If you enjoyed the show <laughs> and you'd like to support us, pick up a gift card. <laughs> Share the show. Ring that bell, right? Hit that subscribe button. Get notified when we go live so you can watch us immediately because the algorithm loves that shit. It's one of the best things you can do. Share this and when it's done to your Facebook page, your Twitter, your TikTok, and whatever other social media you got going on. Tickety-tock. Take a picture of Ian when he was napping for a few seconds there. Then share yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am your host, Justin. I'm your host, Ian. I'm, I'm your co-host, Brandon. I'm your guest, Garvin. Thanks for listening. Keep, Keep your blades sharp and self-prepared, heroes. heroes.